Coming at you from the Steel City, you're listening to Poor Man's Podcast, Pittsburgh's premier comedy podcast. Your weekly dose of humor hosted by Chris Hopper and with a new special guest each week. And here's your host, Chris Hopper. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Poor Man's Podcast. I'm your host, Chris. Along with me for the Sports Extra is Sports Guy, JP. JP, how are you this week? Oh, great. How, how's it going over there? Oh, it's fantastic. I meant to turn the applause down, not completely off, so uh, it was an abrupt <laughs> stop uh, from your fan section, but... Uh, not too bad. It's always it's always good to talk to you after a Steelers W, and uh, I actually I actually pulled through on a parlay for the first time this season, uh, calling uh, Kenny Pickett's two touchdowns. First time of his career, right? Wow! Yeah, first time he's ever done it. Um, I couldn't believe it. He had prior move for the second one, uh, Calvin Austin for the first one, and uh, I, I couldn't believe my eyes. Two touchdowns in one game, yeah. zero interceptions, 235 yards. The you know the epitome of average, but it's praised <laughs> here in Pittsburgh. Hey, that's what the the standard is. The standard, but I mean, I it's it's compared to how it was compared to you know the offense we've seen the last couple of weeks, basically since the preseason. It, it was a step in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, I think this is the best they've looked all year, given the three-game sample. Um, but uh, to, to the credit of uh, the Steelers, I think they did a great job getting after the quarterback. It's just I feel like Vegas is not a playoff team, and uh, this is kind of just where the Steelers are right now. Even last year, you could see them compete with uh, lower-tier teams and get some Ws that way. Um, but I, I'd like to see some more uh, – explosive plays um, in more consistent play in order to, you know, keep up with the uh, top-notch teams, especially in the AFC. Now, we are saying that, uh, don't get too excited, these are the teams they're supposed to beat, but there's also a, a strong history of them losing to the Raiders when they're supposed to beat the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, I think that's now two, two in a row they've beaten uh, uh, the Raiders. I guess, you know, the solution all along was get uh, – Terrell Pryor and Jamarcus Russell off the field and put Devontae Adams out there. That's all it took. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I guess it's that quarterback play, man. They, uh, they can't keep up with it. Um, was Jamarcus Russell really one of the quarterbacks that beat the Steelers? Uh, I, I'm not sure, but I know the year they drafted him. Yeah. They won two games that year, and one of the wins was against Pittsburgh. I swear Andrew Walter was the quarterback for one of them. For some uh, reason, very well could have been <laughs> the great Andrew Walter. I can't believe neither of us remember for sure with uh, the impact he made on the NFL. I saw I saw a random stat too. It was like, uh, who's uh, geez, who's the quarterback for the uh, Commanders? Sam, Sam Howell. Uh, yeah, Sam Howell. He, uh, I guess, he had the first four interception start for a rookie since Rex Grossman. Oh wow, I didn't know that. that that's been a while back. Or it was like zero touchdowns and four interceptions or something like that. But, yeah, another uh, great quarterback from uh, years ago. Super Bowl quarterback. Not a Super Bowl winner, but a Super Bowl contending quarterback. Uh, JP. Yeah, um, Sam Howell also, I think uh, he was the first quarterback in franchise history since, like, 1950 to win, like, his first 
three starts or something. Oh, really? Yeah, going back to Washington. Oh, okay. Well, the, I, I, then it, it has to be something else then because it was something with, with four. Maybe it was against the team. It was it was some stat with uh, uh, four interceptions. Either way, it was not good, and it hasn't been done in, uh, you know, 20 years. Yeah, it's definitely not a good thing to get recognized for either. But surprisingly, Sam Howell's been in a starting lineup, which is more than I could say that I expected from his career. There, There's no stat out there that you will be compared to Rex Grossman, and it'll be a compliment. Unless it's like <laughs> it took Chicago to the Super Bowl since Jim McMahon. Right, right. Like, best case scenario, yeah. it's you're the worst it's like you well at least he made the Super Bowl. You know, yeah, kind of like you know the uh, like if Dilfer would have lost. You know, <laughs> yeah, whoever else gets in. <laughs> huh. uh, Dilfer, you have to take that like yeah, I'm the the standard for the worst quarterback to win the Super Bowl, but like I will at least be remembered as a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Like I'll, I'll I'll take being the worst of the of the the prime win. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that just puts you, you know, on a whole nother level when you get the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, there are some idiots that like to say that, like, he's even better than Kelly or Marino because well, he true. won the Super yeah. Bowl, you know. But, uh, yeah. Can you imagine if, if Marino had a defense that looked like the 2001 Ravens? You could have had almost any quarterback as long as they were not, like, punting it and uh, and been a playoff team. Rex Grossman would have won the Super Bowl that year with with that Ravens defense. Hey, Rex Grossman maybe wins the Super Bowl if the quarterback on the off position is Kerry Collins. So, I mean, there's always that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Going against Peyton Manning at prime Peyton Manning also, not Broncos Peyton Manning, where he did have a good statistical year, but he wasn't the same quarterback, you could tell. But uh, let's get back to uh, the, the Steelers and the Raiders. Um, what are some of your takeaways from that game? Uh, Calvin Austin, deep throw. Uh, He's incredibly fast. Obviously not telling anybody who doesn't know that, but damn, he was blowing them away. Um, it's good to see that. It seemed like the run game was a little bit more cohesive as well. Yeah, I, was gonna say, I think Steelers played efficient football on offense, and by that, I mean, they, you know, they protected the football, a lot of the runs that were going for, you know, negative one or back to line scrimmage in previous weeks, it seems like Najee was falling forward, creating more manageable second downs, leading to more manageable third downs, expanding drives. You know, uh, Pickett, 16 to 28, 235, two tutties, no interceptions. Um, you know, efficient football. I don't think it's sustainable to compete, like, with the Chiefs or Buffalo or any top-notch teams. But it works against Vegas, you know, a team that has um, a bottom-tier defense, no pass rush, secondary's been a work in progress for what seems to be a decade and a half now. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, the run game, um, still Najee only getting 3.4 yards a carry. I saw more burst from Warren. It seems like Najee almost, uh, I'm not saying he's diminished this significantly, but it's almost like a Trent Richardson scenario where I'm just seeing no burst and just a fall off as his play. And uh, it seems like Warren's just the back with more juice, more spunk in his game. And uh, he contributes. You know, he, he has a three-down back um, skill set. He catches the ball out of the backfield. He had a crucial block on uh, Pickett's touchdown to Calvin Austin. And, yeah. 
He's been, um, you know, he averaged three point six yards of carry. Not great, but still above Harris. Um, well, I think, I think that the I think playing Steeler football, they're going to have to run that football better. I think uh, you can look at some of those yards per carry, though, and this is the tr- true in both cases. How often is Najee Harris touched in the backfield and has to, you know, break tackles just to get to the line of scrimmage? There's not a lot of holes for him all the time. So, I mean, even that is not – you can't even blame that on Canada. I mean, there is some blame to go to the offensive line. In the last game, they did look better. But it was also, you know, they did have some push, and Najee wasn't being touched three yards in the backfield. Yeah, it's true. The run block game has been – like, you know, it's not like they have Pouncey and Castro blocking up front anymore. Yeah. It's been, um, like, it, even a work in progress for, like, three or five years now ever since those guys left. Offensive line early every year struggles and picks up over the course of the season. They only allowed uh, one sack this week, which was um, good for Pickett to keep a clean pocket and able to find receivers. But that's a good point, too. I didn't even think of that. If you're getting hit in the backfield um, – and then you're falling forward. You know, it does make it very difficult to, you know, run the football. Even without that burst, Najee doesn't have that patience the way Le'Veon Bell did. Right, yeah. He's, right. And, you know, when there's uh, the defenders coming in and there's just, you know, the running backs trying to find a hole, but there's just nothing to go yet. And you're getting contact before your yeah. pass line is scrimmage. It's difficult. Yeah, and and it wasn't like even the stupid end of rounds. You, I mean, even the end of rounds, you have to get some push because they're getting hit in the backfield too. And it's a stupid play call more often than not. That's why nobody else does it that often, um, at least not in the pros, unless you're the I Dolphins or something. Exactly but. the direct numbers for this stat. But I remember back, I think it was Zeke Elliott's rookie year, when Dallas had that great offensive line, Travis Fredericks and Zach Martin and Tyron Smith. Um that was the same year. I think Sean McVay, I don't know if it was his first year, if he was just coming into the Rams, but the Rams were a mess when he got there. And I think they said Zeke Elliott was like at like a yard or two past the line of scrimmage before first contact was getting made on average, yeah. where Gurley was getting hit two yards behind the line of scrimmage on yeah. average. It's it's insane. That that Cowboys offensive line was incredible. And um it it shows how much of a difference that that really makes. And um, I, I think that they improved a lot in that Raiders game or maybe played so poorly in the other game. So we'll see if that's something they can continue against uh, the Texans next week. Anything else you took away from that game? What are your thoughts? I mean, TJ Watt, a couple more sacks, right? Yeah. Two, two on the day, six on the season. Um, and again, this is how they're winning football games is creating turnovers in TJ Watt is blowing up games. Um, they did hold um uh, Alex Highsmith in check. Um, Micah Fitzpatrick, you know, didn't fly, fly off the charts today either. Um, but um, TJ Watt just able to consistently generate pressure is really the difference maker. Um, and I think a, a big part of this is just J- Jimmy Grapple at the stage of his career, um, you know, not mobile. He thinks he's more mobile than he is. So you get a quarterback that tries to do too much. His arm talent's not what it used to be. So I think that, you know, just the matchup on paper was good for Pittsburgh, and they took advantage of it from the get-go. Um, Levi Wallace came up with two interceptions. Patrick Peterson added another one. But I didn't see that due to, you know, disguise or scheme or even the play of the players, rather so than just Garoppolo being under pressure and the guys up front creating, you know, 
wobbly passes that are I was, defensive. Passes yeah, I was going to say Patrick Peterson got beat deep on that first touchdown. Um, and for for I know you see the stat sheet and you see interceptions. I am not very confident in the in the cornerback play, at least from yeah, from I mean, Peterson and Wallace. Yeah, Devontae Adams went for a buck seventy two and two touchdowns. I was gonna add that to my parlay. I had I had Steelers money line, I had Kenny Pay with two touchdowns, and I had uh, Warren with three receptions. <laughs> or over two I, and a half. I because I saw Matthew the, Barry uh, at the scored. last second say that. <laughs> I briefly looked at the two score three touchdowns for Devontae Adams <laughs> um, before the game and considered yeah. <laughs> Good thing I didn't. They only held him to two and almost 200 yards. But yeah, <laughs> uh, Jacoby Myers also 85 yards. I had a feeling he'd have a big game. But outside of those two guys, they really held everyone else in check. Um, the run game didn't do much. Even Josh Jacobs only averaged 3.6 yards a carry. Um, and the thing is with Devontae, I mean, he was shredding them, um, getting first downs, but they really like on the second half. In the second half, they limited his um, role. I wouldn't say that. Uh, you know, they did a good job by any means, but the balls that he was catching was not, you know, lead, they weren't big plays they were giving up necessarily. They were able to keep, you know, the receivers in front of them for the most part and able to find the W just strictly by keeping it in front and then creating the turnovers when necessary. We saw Kenny Pickett use his legs a little bit more, it seemed like. It seemed he was a little more comfortable. He wasn't necessarily running around immediately uh he kind of waited and the defense gave him a lot of open opportunities i guess in their man coverage and it seemed like they had you know really open areas and uh, on each side and each flat um i think that's better for his game what are you thinking i think so too when you have the ability to use your mobility to set up the pass instead of being a run he's obviously not a run first quarterback the way you could see you know, the way they do in Philly or Baltimore. Um, but obviously he's able to use almost like how Joe Burrow can use his mobility to set off the pass or just to get out of harm's way and take off on a third and short if necessary. Um, yeah, I like that he's able to use his legs to expand plays. But the the, the main issue is I see he uh, kind of looks down receivers and instead of relying on the mobility to help him out, He'll just kind of throw the ball, and if you know, it's difficult for him to get to the second read. And I think it'd be way more beneficial if he used his legs in order to find that second read more often than he does. I mean, you see on, on the Freiburg touchdown, he kind of had that play action, which once again, you need that running game to have the play action even work. But you see him rolling out. I maybe more bootlegs or something in this offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think something like that? You could see more going forward. Just try to get him moving around and having uh, you know time to throw instead of kind of going in the pocket and panicking and running around. You always see him kind of turn his back to the defense and roll out. Maybe some more designed rollouts will make him feel comfortable. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And like you said on the Friar Muth touchdown, it was right on the money. Kenny Pickett moving and delivering seems to be when he's at his most comfortable and uh, – they, and he rolled out to his left. Like, He's right-handed. That That's a more difficult throw. Yeah, it takes um, – if you're able to roll out, it creates less pressure on the one side of the offensive line. If you're able to um, – you know, it, it seems like they do call a lot of levels concepts where they do um, – they'll get two receivers and maybe a tight end drifted off to the same side and they're creating 
separation at different levels of the field, maybe a five-yard route and a 15-yard route. But again, like I, I would like to see Kenny just getting out there more often. And I don't know if that's a Canada issue, a picket yeah. issue, or just an offensive line issue. It, it seems like, and I don't know if it's Canada or maybe if it's Steelers kind of mindset in general, um, it seems like they want to do what they want to do, not even like what pieces they have. Like It's like regardless of the roster they had, they're going to put out the same offense. If they had the Bills offense, if they had the Texans mm-hmm. offense, if they had the Colts offense, whatever it is, it seems like they're going to do what they're going to do and they don't kind of play to their best strengths. Right, and it just makes me wonder, like, I wonder if that's why they even invested in Kenny Pickett in the first place. Like, they uh, did pass on Jalen Hurts in the draft, um, who was apparently close with Tomlin, but I don't know if it was because they wanted to go all in one more year of Roethlisberger or what it was, but they passed on Hurts and drafted Chase Claypool, like uh, a bunch of morons that they are. Um, they also, um, uh, you know, they, they passed. I'm happy that they didn't draft Malik Willis by any means he looks like he's already struggling to even read a field or play you know at this level but it makes me wonder if they don't want that mobile type of quarterback in a way strictly because like they know the athleticism of them is not going to fit the way they want to do things so to speak and yeah. uh, this new way of football just isn't the way we do business so we're not going to do it that way we're going to take a guy who's you know a strictly pocket passer to distribute the ball when necessary so we can run first and play defense. And uh, that's just not a way to win anymore. Like, if T.J. Watt doesn't go off, this team doesn't win football games. Right. Uh, I guess we'll see going forward. I'd like to see, I mean, obviously kind of the passing game helps the running game, and the running game helps the passing game. Hopefully the offensive line can keep that push, keep Kenny Pickett clean, and that should, in theory, help everything move. Uh, yeah, and just like, I just want to mention, like, brief summary, uh, Steelers had 17 first downs to Vegas, who had 19. Um, better in a third down efficiency. Seven total plays of difference, um, one punt in difference, and uh, time of possession, only six seconds off. Um, so, you know, they're able to create – it's not like in past where we were seeing – you know, 15 minutes of possession longer for one team. No, they were actually able to control the football a little bit, expand drives, get Vegas off the field in this one. And uh, they need to find ways to do that against the better teams if they want to remain, you know, as competitive as they can be. Yeah, and even Pickens had a couple good. He uh, he had a short catch. He had a lot of yards after that catch. And he had a really nice sideline catch where uh, I think Collinsworth said it. If he puts his heels down, that's not a catch. He, he kind of kept the heels up, which I thought was a pretty mm-hmm. good uh, sideline catch. Yeah, I, I like to see him get more. Pickens definitely makes the big plays, but he had seventy-five yards and uh, off of four catches. I think I like Pickens to wants to. Ball. I think Pickens wants to make the big play. Where I feel like maybe uh, uh, like I don't know Johnson or something. Like I, I was never like okay, this guy's about to take over and he wants it. I feel like Pickens. Is that like, and maybe it's to his detriment sometime, but kind of how the T.O. or Randy Moss is like, I want it in the big situation, and I'm always open. I think that's kind of uh, the mindset he has. Yeah, but those guys were also catching double-digit balls and uh, making Pro Bowls and things. I feel like Pickens is still a work in progress. Well, they also had an opportunity with those quarterbacks. Yeah, you could argue that, too. Um, I just, I think he's got to run better routes create more separation um 
I'd like to see him get his receptions number up rather than uh, the spectacular plays. I like having that as an option, but like I haven't seen him like go up and like in a one-on-one jump ball scenario in the red zone, you know, and pull a ball down. I'd like to see, uh, you know, a little bit more of that. It, it just seems like it's more his game is just if he's not beating you on a post or streak, he's not open. But I, 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 I agree, and I'd like to see more of that too. And I'm not saying George. Pickens is is the second coming, but I'm saying the Steelers' offense have sucked in general. Like, isn't wasn't that one of like the first times they were even in the red zone in general? So you can't right. have the red zone touchdowns without making the red zone, which is also part of his problem. He's part of the team that should be making the red zone, but you know, you'll you'll mm-hmm. see the numbers down because they're not competent enough to even make the red zone. Right, and with Allen Johnson, he's clearly the best player they have on their offense. And don't be surprised if teams look to double-team him more. I think uh, we've had a good couple weeks recently, but I feel like, like I said, if he has a couple down games and he's not getting his numbers up, I feel like we're going to see a uh, yet again another diva receiver here. And I hate to say it because he has so much talent. But What are your thoughts on uh, Allen Robinson in general? Uh, Is he... Ro- I, I, yeah. <laughs> He had a great start early in his career and fell off pretty substantially after leaving Jacksonville. Yeah. Huge. Uh, definitely quarterback playing since, or not since he enough, Chicago. I think scared him out, but then last year in, uh, with the Rams, just couldn't separate. Um, but what he's contributed here in Pittsburgh so far, obviously he's not a starter by any means, but I think he is doing his role as like the veteran, kind of as like the number three or four receiver. He did reel in four, four balls this week, and uh, you know I don't think he's the player he used to be, but I think he's like you know he, he's a good enough option here. Like the, I'd take him over Miles Boykin or whoever was doing it. The old Quincy Morgan role, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a solid fourth receiver behind Plax Ward and uh, Randall L. That's a that's <laughs> was, such a solid re- receiving like core, though. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was a really good fourth receiver. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're longing for that now. All right, JP, let's uh, let's talk about the Texans a little bit. They had a they had a win last week, or I guess a couple days ago now. But uh, it seems like uh, quarterback play has been pretty solid, especially after going against the Jaguars. Yeah, CJ Shroud has just been better than advertised, and that's saying something for a number two overall pick. Um, and if, if you ask me, I think uh, Houston, you could argue, I, well, no, it's not an argument, it's the truth. They have the quarterback edge in this matchup against Pittsburgh. C.J. Stroud, um, I believe, is a better quarterback than Kenny Pickett. It's just, I think Kenny Pickett should have a better game facing Houston than C.J. Stroud will facing T.J. Watt, Micah Fitzpatrick, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think... What's uh, the... Uh... Yeah, I like What's the spread going into this game? The Steelers are favored, right? They're favored. Uh, Houston's plus three at Houston. Um, I, I I don't know. So that's pretty even then. Field goal, right. you know, big. Yeah, that's uh, it speaks really high volumes. So you know what you think of the Steelers. Yeah. But, uh, um, I actually like Pittsburgh this week, though. I think they could play substantial football two weeks in a row. Um, Houston, better than advertised, but still not a good football team yet. I think Stroud's going to need – he needs more assets on the offensive line and playmakers in general. They're struggling to run the football. And uh, Laramie Tunsil, all pro left tackle, missed last week. So we'll see how he feels coming back. 
Walt usually rushes off the right tackle anyway, but uh, I think they'll be able to create some pressure on this team. You know, rookie quarterback, rookie head coach. No reason Pittsburgh should lose this. Do you remember? I I feel like D'Amico Ryan's was just getting drafted, and I was uh, winning games as a as a head coach. Speaking of former players taking over, how come? Whatever happened with Byron Leftwich? He was uh he was on everyone's uh, site for uh, you know head coaching and stuff, and I haven't is he even in the league anymore. Yeah, that was strange. The whole thing with him, I think him and uh, Brady had a good relationship the year they won the Super Bowl, but then. I feel like Brady and all the coaching staff just kind of had like a fallout that second year. And uh, I mean, you saw even Bruce Arians left mysteriously. And, uh, you know, Todd Bowles got the coaching job, not even left, which I remember they, they, they fired him in uh, Tampa. I think it was just issues with uh, him and the offense, probably Brady wanting, you know, someone else. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know what he's up to now. Yeah, I'm looking now. I guess he's actually a free agent at the moment, which yeah. is crazy to me considering I'd bring him in in a heartbeat over Matt Canada. Right? Even uh, even I'd if it was all Brady in Pickett Tampa. <laughs> he could probably play better than Pickett and coach better than Canada <laughs> yeah. and Tomlin. Like, I feel like we're killing three birds with one stone here. <laughs> Bro- Byron Leftwich had a cannon, although it just took it forever to shoot. <laughs> it, was, it was it was like a cannon that had one of those things you light, like the the little wick thing, but it just went like three feet long. And <laughs> yeah, just the the wound up and the kick, sort of Tim Tebow ish, except he, he threw somewhat of an accurate football yeah. rather than Tebow. He's I remember say, people saying like Byron Leftwich threw some of the hardest passes they've ever caught. Like, like somebody yeah, like like Jimmy Smith, himself. somebody like that was a legitimate player in the league. Yeah, he just had a rifle, you know. <laughs> Things just came firing out immediately every time he threw the football. And to this day, I think he's still one of the better backups that we've had during the Roethlisberger tenure, if not the best backup. Oh, yeah. I'd say I, I think he was more talented than Batch, although Batch might have, like, the most backup wins if you look at it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Don't, yeah. I mean, don't forget yeah, Michael I'm, Vick, though. Michael Vick, yeah, he produced in like the game or two he played. He won. <laughs> Michael Vick <laughs> in the Steelers jersey number two was one of the coolest looks. Yeah, that was cool. And it was just cool. I remember him uh, taking over the game with a running play that set him up in field goal range. It was so cool because uh, he was like in the pocket all game, and uh, all of a sudden, like people forgot he could run, and there's like yeah. 30 seconds left, and takes off for like 20 yards. <laughs> That's a game-winning field goal. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot Michael Vick can actually run. He's one of those guys, too, where it's like he probably lost a step or two with age, but he's still faster than any other quarterback that was on the field. Yeah, he was very, very good. I mean, off-the-field issues was one thing. But, uh, I mean, he, he's on, like, uh, like radio now. Like, I, I hear him. I see him on TV sometimes. He seems like genuinely a changed human, and that's rare to see. And, uh I got, I got to give Michael Vick some credit for that. Yeah, I, I agree. There does seem to be, some, like, real uh, change in that. Or, or at least he's, you know, faking it very well. But I, th- I think there is some uh, genuine <laughs> remorse with that. Um, let's see. So, Texans, what do the Steelers need to do to beat the Texans? And what will the Texans need to take advantage of to beat the Steelers? Very much like this past week, I think it's going to be a game of pressure. You can put more pressure on the quarterback. We know Pickett, like I said, he likes to look down his uh, first read 
getting to the second read is very difficult. So if you're able to create pressure that way would be how you'd throw his game off. Will Anderson, the rookie out of Alabama, we know they traded up for us, had a great first three games of his NFL career. Um, so I think that, you know, they need, they need to get the pressure on uh, Kenny, force him to make uncomfortable throws, and, uh, you know, continue to limit the run game. Um, you know, if you're Houston, continue to make sure that, you know, they're in second and 11 or second and 10 rather than second and six. Make sure they're in uncomfortable situations to move the football and expand drives. And um, if I'm Pittsburgh, I think you've got to duplicate what you did this past week. Um, I like to see more people on defense step up. I know Highsmith kind of was, um, uh, you know, removed from um, the Raiders. You know, Colton Miller, left tackle, did a good job on him. Um, if Laramie Tunsil's in, it's going to be tough for Highsmith to create consistent pressure, but hopefully they get Watt to do that off the other side. If Tunsil's out, you have to beat them. Like I said, just like how Houston's got to beat Pittsburgh. It has to be a pass rush. Got to get after the quarterback. Now, Garoppolo was, um, you know, very stable, um, stationary is what I meant to say. So he's, you know, he's not, he doesn't have the mobility Stroud has. Stroud definitely prefers to pick you apart from the pocket, but can use his legs to make the plays, to make the throws. Um, they also have, you know, j- just a young team in Houston, running backs in year two, offensive line. You know, they got Kendrick Green, which would be a good sign for us. Just wherever <laughs> he is, rush that side. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I um, thought I heard he was playing center. Center, okay. Let's get that pressure up the middle. There's nothing worse for a quarterback than getting that pressure up the middle. <laughs> We're gonna yeah. see uh, T.J. Watt lined up like uh, Micah Parsons or uh, Garrett, just right over the middle, like the the basketball pose. <laughs> I was just uh, Bill Cower. Did you see before the game had his top five defenders in the NFL? No. Who did he have? And he put. I, I was surprised. He had a. Uh, at five, Roquan Smith, four, Fred Warner, three, Miles Garrett, two, TJ Watt, one, Micah Parsons. So, no, uh, or no, no, I'm sorry. Um, I don't think Miles Garrett made his list, actually. It was uh, Roquan Smith, Fred Warner, Nick Bosa. Sorry, I forgot about Bosa. Then TJ, then Micah. So, no Garrett or Aaron Donald in this top five. I don't, I would agree with, uh, uh, Miles Garrett not being in the top five, I, I think he I think he's a great pass rusher, but I think he's kind of overrated. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I feel like him, Bosa, Watt, and Parsons are all definitely top tier. They're kind of I'm, their own tier. Yeah, but he's also the most one dimensional out of them. Yeah. Oh, I, I think he's an absolute beast, and he's a top ten kind of player. But I think I, I'd take any of those five over over really? Miles uh, Garrett. Even though uh, I just feel like middle linebacker so important back in the day, but not as important as the pass rush now. I actually put Garrett probably at four. I'd kick Roquan and Fred Warner off the list. But it, it's just overall defensive players, players, right? What was that? It's overall defensive players, not just like a pass rush, right? I, I feel like yeah. Fred Warner is, is huge for his team too. Although he's probably not bigger than Nick Bosa, but I, I don't know. Fred Warner, I, I have a lot of respect for. Yeah, he's the only, I would say, like... Mm, a elite S tier middle linebacker yeah. in the NFL today. Well, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe I do put Miles Garrett over Roquan Smith. Yeah, and I think Aaron Donald, Sauce Gardner, all these guys you could argue could 
I'd take all them over Smith and maybe Warner too. Yeah. All right. Um. Let's see. Oh, before we move on, uh, we were talking about backup Steeler quarterbacks. Backup Steeler quarterback just won a game this week uh, in Arizona. <laughs> That's crazy. So, so maybe Josh Dobbs is the. Despite the owner and GM telling him to lose, he went out and won. You know, <laughs> that's more impressive. <laughs> it's more impressive than you know Kenny, who's told to win and doesn't win. <laughs> <laughs> the owner's just pissed off in the in the owner's box, trying to not be. It's just... Even Dobbs, when he'd come in here, I feel like there he had moments where uh, definitely not a franchise quarterback, but moments where I feel like he could play if necessary. He's plus he's like a genius, isn't he? Like an astrophysicist, like, and I know that doesn't equate to certain things, but like, I feel like he could learn a scheme, and he would, you know, know learn how to pick apart defenses, not to an NFL level because still physical, you know, traits and athleticism will take over. But there's something to be said for just knowing timing, just knowing the timing and route concepts, and how these route concepts affect coverage. and why they do. Right, right. Like, you know, just his IQ for other things and knowing, you know, that does apply to the football field. Definitely not, like you said, to the the athletics. You know, it's one thing when you have people running at you and Michael Parsons is in your face. uh, I mean, you can't have Stephen Hawking play quarterback. He's a genius, but we can't do it. Right, right. (laughs) But uh, to Dobbs' credit, yeah, he has definitely one of the best IQs at the position as far as, like, you know, just understanding – you know, the concepts and how those create separation, you know, just he's a genius. And, you know, if he could use that in order to, uh, you know, hopefully find open guys. I mean, and of course it's Dallas who loses this game of all teams. Oh yeah. That, I it's mean, so fitting. that's kind of like a, a, you see Dallas kind of lose the games that the Steelers lose sometimes like classic pit basketball would lose or pit football. <laughs> you see them just drop teams or lose to teams that they should beat. Yeah, it's um, you know, and uh, what were we saying was um, uh, oh yeah, D- Dallas. You know, many of the hot shots analysts were having them like in the Super Bowl, go into it, and uh, I, I, I said Philly's better; they're going to win the division. Um, I think this Trayvon Diggs loss, plus all this loss to Arizona, I'm not a big fan of Prescott in the get go. Um, they they got to be removed from anyone's Super Bowl window, just in my opinion. They're a playoff team, but they're not. They're they're exactly like the the Vikings. Uh, not even this year. The Vikings look like not very good at zero uh, three this year. But um, until they actually win a game that matters, I don't believe that they're going to win a game that matters. Minnesota should just trade Cousins. Who cares what you get for Matt Stafford? <laughs> no, and just lose, lose, lose. Get yourself Caleb Williams. Get him and Justin Jefferson for the next decade and just go from there. I feel like Caleb Williams would look like Randall Cunningham in a Viking uniform. Oh, it would look so great. Offensive coach, and uh, he would just look so great in a Vikings uniform. And uh, him and JJ together. Jordan Addison's been a great wide receiver, too. Hawkinson. I think Vikings find themselves a real quarterback. And not not like Cousins bad. He has the arm talent, just kind of stationary mobility is an issue. But uh, I think if they'd find themselves a stud quarterback, that would be a team to be legit. Yeah. They got to yeah. improve their defense too. Yeah, defense has just been a disaster too. There. Um, yeah, they've moved off guys in the past. I do like yeah. O'Connell as a You're coach, right. though. What was that? I like O'Connell as a coach. I do too. Um, 
great offensive coordinator for the Rams. And their offense scores points, and they consistently remain competitive. Justin Jefferson's coming off an Offensive Player of the Year award. Like, he knows what he's doing offensively. Uh, great set of offensive tackles that no one talks about. Um, and uh, their defense, that's the He's got to find himself. And I like that Brian Flores is there, too. I forget if he's the D.C. or what he is specifically. But they find him a couple players. I feel like they're a team that could really be competitive. Yeah, for sure. Um, JP, anything else you want to touch on with the Texans and Steelers? Because I have, I want to talk about uh, the Dolphins win as well. Uh, no, just like I said, I feel like you, you gotta have to uh, create pressure and make make the rookie quarterback uncomfortable, rookie head coach, defensive coach as well. This is a game that you have to win, especially with how their schedule's been. Getting off to a three and one start would be huge, especially with uh, Joe Burrow nagging injury, uh, Baltimore injured. Cleveland's on their way up, but we we got a win over Cleveland. No Nick Chubb. There's um, you know, these are key wins, even though they're uh, the you know the lousy teams. People say you got to win this game. Don't play down to your level of competition. Get out there and uh, you know put up some points and win this football game. It's it's a very winnable game, and they should win. And the the Browns are another team where it's like, the, yeah, they might show glimpses of being good, but the Browns is the Browns. Like, they're probably going to – not that you, you can't trust them, but they're very inconsistent. And when it comes down to it, we'll see if they're there. Um, but, I like, I, I, I believe that in the other teams more. And maybe it's even coaching and stuff because I, I just believe that uh, – uh, Oh my God! What the hell is his name? John. Uh, for John Harbaugh. I just think he's such a he's a such a good coach, um, and I think the the Bengals have such talent that Cleveland might seem. I, I don't know. I'm not sold on Cleveland until they do it. Right. Yeah. It, it, like dysfunctional organizations, just like Houston, who we play this week. You know, you never see you see the same teams picking in the top ten and bottom ten every year. Yeah. And. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Cleveland's the biggest dumpster fire in all of the NFL. Um, Steelers might be the most laughable team in the NFL right now, and then the other two teams are injured. Cincinnati's actually a failure of an organization right now. It all relies on Joe Burrow's calf. Like, mm-hmm. even when they had Higgins, they had Higgins without him, and, uh, you know, he, he didn't do anything. And then, I mean, he comes in with Jamar Chase, and all of a sudden he's playing an all-pro level. This whole organization is on the calf of Joe Burrow, just like it was with Carson Palmer back in the day. Yeah, before Kimo Von Olhoffen rolled up on it. <laughs> I guess that was his knee. But, uh, okay, so one team that we're, we're not, not sold on, I guess that we, uh, we're buying, is this Miami Dolphin team. Uh, 70 points, that's the second most all-time. I could not believe it. I saw around halftime when they had um, 35 points. And then in the third quarter, it got to 49 at the end. And I was like, I've only seen 70 points in a game on Madden. Like, there's no way this happens. And I was hoping it would happen so bad. And it's so funny that happened to Denver with Russell Wilson (laughs) and Sean Payton and all these guys who think that they're... Denver is such a mess right now, and it's just so funny to me that it happened to them. Do you think it's uh, Russell Wilson and uh, um, uh, Jesus Christ, Sean McVay, 
um, or not Sean McVay, Sean Payton, do you think it's like almost like an arrogance, like we're going to step on the field and because of our resume, we're going to beat people? No, I think Sean Payton is just trying to figure out what the hell is going on with Russell Wilson like the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he. I, I don't know why he took this job. I think he should have waited for the Chargers job to open, which I think will eventually happen. Oh, but, I can't see no, Brandon Staley sticking around. <laughs> Russ just isn't what he used to. He looks washed, um, just not you know, not using his mobility to expand plays. You know, he, as they say, he used to play like basketball on grass. He would run around and then make the throws that way. We're just seeing a purely pocket guy right now. And uh, for all the trash he talked on Seattle's offensive line, they're playing at a much higher level than Denver has the past two seasons. And uh, I don't know, maybe these receivers, Sutton and Judy, just aren't as good as we thought, or it's that Russ just ain't, isn't finding them. And uh, this this is just a beatdown. Um, Miami's offense, I think, is so unique. No one has an answer for it because no one's ever seen something like this yet. We'll see if it's sustainable all year and if they can make a real playoff run with it, but at this point, given today, they're the best offense in the NFL, easily. What are your thoughts on Mike McDaniel as a coach? Because everybody's uh, obsessed with him uh, anymore. I mean, not that they weren't last year, but it's it's a new level. And it's hard to not really be impressed with him after you see this you know, point spread. Not only did they score 70, but they won by 50 points. Like That's pretty good. Um there's very unique plays with his offense. He's finding ways. Two had a great touchdown. I mean, they scored 10 touchdowns, but he had a great one where he like kind of went back like it was a reverse and then flicked it up as a little mm-hmm. shovel pass got in. I mean, yeah. they scored on him just about any way possible. And uh, Mike McDaniel, I guess you could blame, or not blame, but credit for bringing a lot of these people in and speed, speed, speed. Yeah, and that's what it, uh, drafting Jalen Waddle to pair of Tyreek Hill has just been genius. Um, they're the best one-two punch in the NFL. I don't necessarily know if uh, Tyreek Hill is the best receiver in the NFL, but his speed alone, like I don't think he has the hands or runs the routes better than a lot of guys, but his speed alone just automatically yeah. puts him on that level. You, you don't even have to have the greatest hands or, or whatever ability, and he does. I mean, he's not bad mm-hmm. at all. But no. when you have that much separation, it gives you that room of air. Yeah, McDaniels, I think, is the best outside of maybe Kyle Shanahan in today's NFL. And he came from Shanahan's team, the best play designer in the NFL, best scheme guy. He's doing it in the run game, and then he uses the pass as an extension to the run game, where you're creating like, um, you know, long um, handoffs, so to speak. I guess. Um, just by using quick slants to Tyreek Hill or, and you know, the uh, screen game, just he finds creative ways to get the balls to his fastest and best guys. And, uh, I mean, no one else has schemed, schemed better than McDaniel has in year two. Um, I feel like they're finally, they're getting used to it last year, and now they're comfortable with it. And they're just, they're, they're taking off running. And uh, they scored five touchdowns in each half this week. Like, that's insane to me. <laughs> The Steelers, Saints, Jets, and Titans all have less touchdowns on the year offensively than they had in each half. Jeez. 
And and if you see the score, I believe they had 70 points with like eight minutes left in the game. Like they, they could have totally set the record. Yeah, 100%. They did take their starters out too, but like if they really wanted to, they could put up over 80 easily. Um, 350 rushing yards, 10.2 yards per play, over you know 726 total yards, 30 first downs. I mean, they just absolutely wrecked us. Is is Robbie chosen? Is that Robbie Anderson? Yes, that's Robbie Anderson. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking at some of the highlights from the game, and I was like, that dude is built exactly like Robbie Anderson yeah, and has his name. Anderson and then Robbie Chosen. He's like P. Diddy or whatever. <laughs> okay. <Is> that, yeah. <laughs> it's so dumb. Pretty soon it's just going to be like State Farm. Like people are just going to sell their nameplates. <laughs> or, well, it'll be, yeah, it'll be like, I don't know. Uh, whoever's window company they put on. That's who the long snapper will be. It'll just be right. like a pizza place. It'll be Minia's. Um, but, yeah, I think the, Dolph- the Dolphins are looking probably like the best team in the league right now. If you see uh, the Dolphins against the Chiefs, who do you see winning that matchup? It really could be who gets the ball last. You know, um, I think the Chiefs' defense is very it's young but it's the best defense that they've had in a couple years now um it would just be great to go head to head i feel like mahomes is just on a whole nother level definitely like him more than tua but Tua's putting up he wins games i miami is a better overall team but the chiefs have the best quarterback and best coach in the world right now and uh I think that if they control the clock and just limit miami's offensive touches they could beat them but i feel like miami is the team that could beat Kansas City if there's a team out of the AFC. Yeah. That, it, Especially if people, Jalen Ramsey comes back at the end. People are always like, well, you don't want Mahomes to have the ball, and you could score from anywhere, but the Dolphins are, are just as good at scoring in 15 seconds or less. Mm-hmm. But it, it's almost limited, but it's, um, you know, they don't have the arm talent, too. It doesn't. It's Mahomes, but. Right. Man, these are, yeah, they're just both explosive teams. I can't wait for them to be hopefully in a playoff game. All right. Let's uh let's get into some of your picks then. Okay. All right, let's start with uh I guess we'll start with number one. This week I uh there's actually four bets I've already uh placed in a parlay. I know I do five on the show, but four I really like. I'll I'll, I'll begin with the one that um I'm not too sold on, but we'll go with it. Um I actually like the Chargers this week, minus six, which is a big spread. Chargers defense has been a mess, but I'm still going to take them minus the six points against Vegas this week. You know, division game. Um, Chargers are fifth in points per game, despite them being or one and two at this point. Raiders are actually 29th in points, struggling to put points on the board. Jimmy G actually was taken in for a concussion last week, so his status will be questionable for Sunday. Um, and Herbert's just been playing great, even though the record hasn't reflected it. Six touchdowns, zero interceptions. And uh, Raiders have zero interceptions this year. I think Herbert will take advantage of them at home. Keenan Allen's coming off a big game. And, Wait, the uh, Chargers have no interceptions? Raiders have zero interceptions. Oh, for them? Yeah. Okay. I, I thought you meant, like, thrown out, because I was going to say, like, I saw at least three last week, right? <laughs> right, yeah. So, um, Chargers, or Herbert, six touchdowns, zero picks against a team that has zero interceptions. I got you now. Okay. Chargers got a solid offensive line. I think their offensive implosion 
should be enough to win by a touchdown, regardless of how their defense plays. I don't think Vegas has an offense to consistently put up points on the Chargers' defense, but I think the Chargers have an offense to consistently put up points on Vegas' defense, and I like them to win by at least a touchdown. All right, number two. Number two, and this is where uh, I'm starting to like these bets uh, very much, these other four here. So Thursday night coming up, short week, I'm going to take the Lions uh, minus one and a half against Green Bay. Okay, those division games are always close. The Lions are looking good. What are your reasons? Yeah, um, and for that is um, Jared Goff versus Green Bay since joining Detroit is actually 3-1, and one, six touchdowns to two interceptions. He's only been sacked three times total in those games as well. Detroit's got a great offensive line that can control the line of scrimmage. They've done well, not only with their pass attack, but in the run game as well. Though the Montgomery injury, I think, holds them back physically um, in the run game. Having said that, um, Green Bay has only played run-heavy teams so far that they've been able to beat. Um, and Detroit has a pass attack that they haven't seen yet. Uh, Detroit um, will play a team that has relied on the run game. Jordan Love has had good numbers, but he misses open receivers – um, his receivers, Christian Watson, didn't play. He may come back, so he's questionable. Aaron Jones has missed two weeks, so he'll be questionable. But even if he does suit up, Detroit allows the fifth-fewest rushing yards in the NFL right now, and their defense is playing better than expected. They sacked uh, Atlanta. I think they had seven sacks this past week. And uh, I like what Detroit's doing. They aren't... They aren't Miami or Kansas City by any means, but they implement a lot of the same strategies, it seems like, in their offense. All righty. Let's go number three, then. Okay, number three. Um, I'm going to take Seattle plus one and a half against the Giants. Okay. Um, Seattle, I feel like it's a very underrated, underappreciated team. Geno has played very well this season. He led the NFC in touchdown passes last season. And uh, I just like the playmakers he has, which will set him up for success rather than what Daniel Jones has been dealing with. Saquon Barkley has missed the past couple weeks. Will he suit up? I'm not sure. But it's I feel like it's more likely uh, uh, Jamal Adams and Tariq Woolen suit up for Seattle. And uh, the Giants this year have zero takeaways. Seattle only has one giveaway. And uh, Daniel Jones has been sacked 12 times already, and the Giants as a team only have two sacks. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Seattle's able to take this one. They'll play, they'll control the ball in the run game, use the pass game when necessary. And um, Giants have just been a mess defensively and on the offensive line. It's been banged up too recently. Seattle doesn't have a great pass rush or a good front seven necessarily. But against that offensive line without Barkley likely and just the lack of playmakers at receiver, I think Seattle should win. But if you're going to give me a point and a half as well, yeah, I'm going to take Seattle. All righty. Oh, excuse me. Jeez. Um, let's go to number four. Number four. I took the Rams uh, last week. I'm going to take them again despite their loss. They're also getting a point and a half this week going to Indy. Um, and again, the Rams' pass game has just been great, even with these young stud receivers. Tutu Atwell's coming along. Um, I'm not even sure how you pronounce the other guy's name, number 17, but uh, he's just been great. As you know, these great receivers have just stepped up big for Matt Stafford, who's been throwing the ball 
He has four interceptions on the year, but I feel like he's thrown the ball pretty well despite. Um, Rams should get a healthier offensive line um, for the week. They got banged up this past week, and that should give Stafford more time to make reads. And uh, Anthony Richardson, I don't know if he'll be questionable. We know Gardner Minshew got the win this past week for the or for the Colts, sorry. But I feel like the Rams are just a better roster. Much they um, going against a rookie coach, potentially a rookie or backup quarterback. Aaron Donald in the middle. Colts offensive line struggles outside of Quentin Nelson. And uh, I don't. Know, I feel like the Rams are better than they're given credit for. Sean McVay is a great coach. They have the better coach and the better quarterback, and they get the points. I'm going to take the Rams. Indy had a, had a Matt Gay score, but four field goals that were over 50 yards, and that was the first time in history? Yeah, so, like, yeah, I mean, he played a great game, but, yeah, it shows, yeah, they're Colts getting, they're getting kept out of the end zone. And the reason they won this week is because Baltimore had all sorts of injuries. They're down their best corner, two of their best linemen. That feels like that's just the the Ravens' story the last few years, just decimated with injuries, especially at running back. Yeah, second year now, like all their running backs are hurt. (laughs) Dobbins is hurt. Uh, Gus Edwards got hurt. Justice Hill didn't suit up. They're playing Melvin Gordon and uh, some other wash-up guy. (laughs) Uh, uh, Kenyon Drake. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, That's wild. (laughs) Uh, It's it's so crazy that because I've – drafted uh, a couple of running backs from Baltimore last year, and I was like, I'm staying the hell away from them, and I'm so glad I did. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I think Rams would be a little bit healthier, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that they could beat Indy out, outright, but if you're going to give me a point and a half, you take them. Colts are just uh, upstairs. The owner's just a mess. It's a dumpster fire. I think the Rams are going to win. JP, we, I was talking on the regular P- Poor Man's podcast yesterday because of all the Taylor Swift, uh, Trevor... Travis Kelsey, Jesus Christ, Travis Kelsey stuff, uh, some other famous uh, NFL couples. Did you know the Sanchez dated uh, Meadow Soprano? Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, that's wild, uh-huh. man. Side note here, I have Travis Kelsey in both my fantasy leagues, so I love this Taylor Swift thing because you know the NFL is going to try to get her on camera every second they can. This is the biggest uh, music star in the world right now. And, uh, yeah, sports business, but it's also an, an, an entertainment business, as, you know, Tomlin alluded to last week. I think they're going to try to get Kelsey some numbers up here. Every red zone look's going to go to Kelsey. The league wants Kelsey to do well now, just with the Taylor Swift support. Uh, <laughs> look for Kelsey to, you know, just out of uh, viewership for the league, look for Kelsey to blow up here. Yeah, we'll see. That would work for me because I have him in my my main league. So um, I would like to see him, uh, you know, make hay while the sun shines. Although, yeah, did you it, see, I guess his, <laughs> his uh, jersey numbers went up, his sales went up 400%. Wow, skyrocketed. I'm, I'm assuming that's probably a lot of female fans who now like him. Cause you know those are all going to be just uh, a, a spectacle when they get rid of them, how they cut them up or light them on fire when this inevitably breaks up at the end of the season. <laughs> He'll also have the number one song written about him. So I yeah. <laughs> yeah, on the whole new album. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if you could like point out what one's about him when the new album comes out. It'll be, it'll be uh, an AFC Western. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Stop. Let's go to number five. And number five, uh, we were just talking about the Dolphins, so give me them this week. Uh, 
They're plus three against Buffalo. Um, they're going to Buffalo for this. Uh, that's the reason the spread is what it is. But like we said, Miami, 70 points last week, 726 yards. And they averaged 30 points in 462.5 yards per game on the road. Um, I, I think they're still going to be explosive. Uh, Bills, um, this is their first actual competition of the season. The quarterbacks they've played up to this point are Zach Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Sam Howell. <laughs> yeah, I think that this this coach and this quarterback and these receivers, Waddle should be back. Um, I think there's going to be more of an explosion there. Um, and not only does Tua win games, he protects the football. Josh Allen's the biggest turnover-worthy quarterback. They beat the crap out of bad teams, and then when they play the good teams, he seems to panic. Tua's only been sacked once all year. So even for a great front seven that Buffalo has, I think it's going to be tough for them to generate pass rush. I think the game plan for Miami is going to be to get the ball out quickly. And, uh, I mean, both their running backs last week had four touchdowns, so you know they can run the ball too. Yeah. It's, uh, that's going to be maybe one of the, the best games this week too, or at least one of the most uh, anticipated. Yeah, I, this is the one I look forward to the most. I want to see. This is like a speed team versus a physicality team. I, I'm interested to see how it works out. I can um, see it being like a, a fly, like a, just an offensive game. I hope it's I hope it's similar to the the Buffalo Chiefs game last year, or maybe it was two years ago now, where it was just a shootout. Yeah, just back and forth. High that was that was the I'm best like three minutes of football ever. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. I think uh, you know this could very well come down to a field goal at the end, where someone has to drive with under 20 seconds. You know, I'm and if there's a team that can do it, you know, it's Miami. Like we said, Buffalo has you know strong arm quarterback outside of digs though i don't really like their playmakers though james cook did come off a good week i think uh my miami's defense isn't as talented as buffalo's but their offense is just exploding and i feel like they're gonna they're gonna keep it going this week all right do you know what would uh when they're doing that game that feels like a sunday night game or something you know it's only it's a one o'clock game I oh believe. really but but like listen to these spreads so outside and I've taken all these teams' money line. Detroit's a slight favorite, but I took the money line. But uh, they could beat Green Bay. Like, this is a really reasonable parlay, I feel like. All money line games. You take Detroit, and then in three upsets, you get the Dolphins against the Bills, which could very easily happen. Rams against the Colts, which could easily happen. And Seahawks against the Giants, which should happen. This is These are good picks this week. And you said take them on money line? Yeah, because they're all... Underdogs, you'll get a, a higher payout instead of saying uh, insane. Oh, geez, yeah, you're right. Jeez, I would, uh, yeah, I'm looking at that and just thinking it. Some of them should be reversed, like Seattle over the Giants. Yeah, Seattle should win. The Rams should win, and the Dolphins should win. It, it's because they're all on the road. Last week I took all road teams. Yeah, this week I got four four on the road, but I don't know. I, I, I like these teams. Yeah, those are and all I like these matchups. Really solid bets. I uh, I might have to go do that. Uh, as soon as we're done. But, uh, JP, anything else you'd like to end on? Let's just, let's hope for a Steeler W. Let's, uh, you know, make sure that we're not losing to rookie quarterbacks, rookie coaches. Just don't play to your level of competition. And, uh, 
this team has Kendrick Green, so that that's enough why you should get a W. There you go. Don't play in your fears. Let's see it. Bring home a W. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, no, I didn't hear you. Sorry. Oh, I said hopefully we bring home a W. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, this should be a win. And if it's not, it's going to hold your whole season back. And uh, we all know the goal is to win nine games minimally, and this is an easy one to get there. Yeah. <laughs> we we yeah. want to win nine games minimum and uh, nine games maximum. Yep. <laughs> no more, just, no less. This is the best quarterback draft class, and we're going to win enough just to not get any of them. <laughs> this is, yeah, they should have just waited a year. The Steelers could have sucked for one more year. Although, uh, and they could've, could've every year they one. suck, they're losing Cam Hayward, and they're losing a year of T.J. Watt, too. Yeah, you know, it's just... Ho- ho- hopefully, they find they got to find a way to get more offensive firepower in this league and, uh, you know, st- stop relying on the defense to bail, bail you out. That's what it is. The, the only way they win is on stupid plays where a ball <laughs> just gets tipped four times. Yeah. Just, they, they've had on, a lot we of need luck. a better way to game plan. And Houston's the perfect time to practice because they're not any good either. Perfect. Ford, or <laughs> JP, thank you again. Always a pleasure to speak with you. Listen to regular Poor Man's Podcast. We had Chris Scriva and Matty Malloy on yesterday. Uh, next month we have uh, Iron City Paranormals coming on. Andrew Hillary, comedian. Uh, we have one Pittsburgh's Brian. We have... Michelle from Pittsburgh, Foodie Grouts. And then we have comedians Mike Travers and Derek Knopsnyder. Definitely tune in for all of those shows. And go back, listen to some of the, uh, we have a space show, Poor Man's Podcast Spaced Out, where I talk to an astrophysicist. We talk about black holes for about an hour. You don't have to know anything about science to really uh, enjoy it. It's uh, just fascinating stuff. Uh, or go back and listen to some of the one-on-ones I've had with Morgan Gruber, Darius Kasparitis, and comedian Frank Nicotera. Uh, so make sure you subscribe, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and all that good stuff. And for the wonderful sports guy, JP, I'm Chris. Thank you for listening. I'm going to say I'm so happy yeah. that I was allowed to be part of your day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We hope you had a good time. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the show to catch the latest episodes and share with your friends. We can't promise not to embarrass you. And if you just can't get enough, follow us on Instagram at Poor Man's Podcast 412, Twitter at Poor Man's Pod 412, and Facebook. This is Pittsburgh's own Poor Man's Podcast signing off. See you next week. In my opinion, that sucked. You play to win the game. You like that? You like that? But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Straight cash, homie.